What's up, everybody? We're back here. Tides Tuesday. We've been on a bit of a hiatus, had a lot of stuff going on the past couple of weeks, but we're finally able to get back to it. G&T Sports Talk presented by Grunt Talks with my brother, Julian Gillardi. What's up, bro? I mean, it's been a wild ride, man. We've had a lot of baseball stuff. Football, we're still paying attention. Of course, I know you are. More than me since football, you're locked in. I'm still paying attention, but got the baseball stuff going on. My Jets are out of it. Haven't really paid attention to a Jets game in about, um, I would say, two months. I've actually cared about the outcome except the fact if we lose. Like the last time I fully watched a game and cared was probably like the Broncos game, maybe. Well, okay. Patriots game too, but like actually sort of wanted us to win maybe Broncos. But after that, it's just been downhill. But Patriots have been up and down too, but you guys at least are still somewhat relevant. Jets, not so much. But we had a crazy game last night. I could not believe what ends up happening. Me and you end up getting eliminated from our finals run. Our back-to-back run is over, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Because Lamar Jackson decided to put his cape on after getting hurt. Trace McSwirly looked in that. The Ravens offense was dead. Lamar Jackson into the rescue. And there goes our season, unfortunately. Justin Tucker bangs a big field goal late. I thought maybe that would have been enough to close the gap, but it wasn't. And that's unfortunate for us. But I can't believe the Browns lost. Yeah, no, this was all in the Browns' uh, chances to win. They, they're they 9-4. I mean, this team was riding high. The The Ravens had had an up-and-down season ever since that pay, the Patriots beat them on Sunday night a couple weeks ago. Um, they just really have not looked the same. And this game, you know what? Lamar Jackson got COVID last week. He came back. He played okay, but you know what? It's hard to come back from something like that this week. He can't, and all he did was light it up. You know, he, he's been taking flack for he can't throw the football. 11 for 17, 163 yards in that touchdown pass. I'll get to that in, the, in about in a minute. But he killed them on the ground. Nine rushes, 124 yards, and two scores. He averaged 13.8 yards per rush, was crazy. J.K. Dobbins was lighting it up 13 for 53 in a score. Gus Gus Edwards, 7 for 49 and two touchdowns. There were so many rushing touchdowns, it wasn't even funny. Uh, The one thing that got my eye is that Mark Ingram has become a non-factor in this this offense, and I don't expect him to be with this team for much longer. Um, In the passing game, Mark Andrews came alive, especially on that last drive, the game-winning drive to kick the field goal to win it. Five for 78. This is what we've been waiting for. Marquise Brown was targeted six times and literally had like two or three drops. He had two for 50 and a score, and that score was the game winner to take the lead. At the time, Willis Sneed, three for 29. Miles Boykin, one for 15. Gus Edwards, one for four. But the story of the game was that in the fourth quarter is that Lamar Jackson – left the game and was questionable return for cramps. And then you see him literally running gingerly into the locker room as, as quickly as he can. And I put out my play of the week because it was my play of the week. And I'm going to tell you guys what it is. He had no cramps. The cramps was coming from his ass because he had the shit. That's what happened. He was literally dropping the deuce. <laughs> That's what happened. He had oh to go to the God. bathroom. It took longer than anticipated. Uh, anticipated Trace McSwirly came in. And it's funny. Because <laughs> Swirly is what Lamar Jackson did in the bathroom. He swirly down the toilet and literally ran out as fast as he could, put on his cape, and they win. And that's how Julian and I lost our back-to-back. Really pisses me off. 
But in terms of the Browns, Julian, I'm going to tell you this. I was impressed with Baker Mayfield. I saw your tweet saying the Browns are real. That was obviously before the events transpired. Yeah, but no, no that taken. was before. No taken. Absolutely, yeah. So Baker Mayfield attention. 20. What's that? I said I'm paying attention. I got yeah. you. Yeah, Baker Mayfield, 28 of 47, 343, two touchdowns and a pick. Um, the run, rushing attack of the Browns is lethal. Chubb, oh, 17 for 82 and two scores. Kareem Hunt, six for 33. Even Baker at five for 23 and a score. In the receiving game, you know what? Kareem Hunt led the way, six for 77 and a touchdown. Donovan Peoples-Jones has been lighting it up in relief of Odell Beckham. Three for 74, Rashard Higgins, six for 68 in the touchdown. Jarvis Landry, only six for 52. Jarvis Landry also had a completion for for 12 yards. He's four for four on the year. How about that? It's crazy, man. If they ever need a quarterback. He'd probably be looking better than Darnold right now. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But I'll tell you this. The one thing I will say about the Browns, that they really blew it, but I really like what they have. I think that was a bad loss but I like their nucleus. And I'm going to keep saying this. They are doing this without Odell Beckham. They have proven they are a better team. And this is crazy to say. This is a theme. This is becoming a trend. So record without Odell Beckham, what is it? Record without Odell Beckham. Give me one second here, but I will tell you this. I'm pretty sure it's good, though. It's it's really good. So I will tell you this. Um, Odell got hurt about almost two months ago towards ACL. So basically, I will tell you, um, it is crazy, you know, to think that because Odell Beckham is arguably one of the best receivers in the game, everything he could do. But I will tell you this, Odell Beckham, um, he got injured on, let's see, forgive me, guys. So Odell Beckham was injured on October 27th. And at the time, let's see, let's go with the... uh, Let's look it up. So he goes injured at the end of October. So I'm gonna the Browns, estimate they're like five and one or five and two. I'm gonna him. say that maybe the, even one. The Browns were oh, no, they lost. I think two without him. They lost. So what I have here is let's. See. Well, that Browns loss. While you look that up, I mean it's just same old Browns. Like, are they better? Are they new? Yes, but. That loss was so Browns, it hurts. I mean, honestly, like, that game was wrapped up. Like, you got to finish that game and take some out of the division race with the Steelers because the Steelers would have felt the heat if the Browns had won that game because they only would have been one game up. So that was a big loss for the Browns and a huge win for the Ravens to really keep themselves in the race because they need it. But Yeah, it's it's crazy. You look at – um. So it said this, on October 27th, when Odell got injured, uh, Baker Mayfield had played 15 career games without Odell. He completed 64.6% of his passes for 4,022 yards, 32 touchdowns, and 15 picks, and the Browns were 8-7 and seven in those games. So right now what I'm looking up is, and it's been really um, crazy, is that I'm looking up right now their record right the Browns from when they were um, with Odell and without Odell. And let's see what we got here. So when you look at this right here, so here's what we do. October 27th was um, a long time ago. So, yeah, it was the 25th, and the Browns played the Bengals that game. That's what That was week seven. So 
Since then, at the time, the Browns were so. They were one and one, two and one, three and one, four and one, two. So he played that game. So five, they were five and two when he got injured. Since then, they are. Are four. Uh, yeah, the Browns are four and one without Odell. Yep. So. They're ro- so they're rolling without him. Like we said, they're better this year without him. Overall, Baker's a game over 500. The record without him, I'm not really sure. I don't know if you saw it, but he plays better oh, without him. Oh, his him, career though. record without Odell is 8-7. and seven. Oh, okay. That's what you said, right? I got that confused for the other way around. Yeah, yeah. No, Odell no. Wasn't playing this with year, him, but... the Browns without Odell are 4-1. The only okay. loss they had was the next week was to the Raiders 16-6. to six. Yeah, so the point stands that we've been talking about this for a while. I know you want him on the New England and it is a landing spot if the Browns decide to move on from him. How much is left on that contract, and what do you think the price would be to get him off the Browns if they go in that direction? Because they could. It looks I mean, like they're fine without him, and Baker's actually doing the best he's done so far. So Yeah, so I have his numbers up here, and this comes from SportTrack.com. So – Basically, Odell Beckham right now has, let's see. So he has, after this year, he has, he has three years left on his deal. And his base salary, his cap hit would be $15 million per year. So if the Browns let him go, it would be a $12.7 million dead cap hit. Even if they trade him? If they trade him, no. They'll, they'll, uh, it won't be a cap hit, no. It just says that a dead cap would be like that. They let him go, but uh, yeah, no, his base salary—he's got a million-dollar roster bonus in the next three years. And Odell Beckham, look, the guy is 28 years old. He's still young. He still can do it. Um, I will tell you this: I think that they're definitely going to do it. And you, when you look at this contract, he signed a five-year, ninety-million-dollar contract. This was back when the Giants in 2018 when they get when uh he signed this, and it was for a 20 million-dollar signing bonus. Averaged eighteen million per year, guaranteed at signed forty point nine million, and a total guaranteed of sixty five million dollars at the time. So right now, I'm going to tell you this: so when you look at his contract, it's fifteen million a year. That's a bargain for what these receivers now are going to get. I'll tell you. Yeah. But a lot of thing with this year and the pandemic and losing money, uh, not a lot of teams are going to spend top dollar like they they would. So some players in the receiver market like. Um, uh, Allen Robinson, Corey Davis, Juju Smith-Schuster are going to look for contracts like this, and this is what they might have. They're not going to reset the market this year. But I did hear some rumors get off topic real quick that the salary cap was going to go down to 175. No, no, this is relevant stuff, brother. You know we're is, always thinking about free agency over here, yeah, especially no, with our two rumor. teams about to be in the offseason real quick. Yeah, so well, the rumor is um, that – because next year they feel like they could get fans at full capacity, which is very possible because they play right. in September, yeah. um, that they could make the salary cap go to 195 which is just a couple million dollars off from what it was this year. I think it was like $3 million. Yeah, because so, it normally goes up every year, but there's a pandemic, so it's going to go backwards. So, yeah, so that's something to keep in mind, and that will be announced probably before the league year starts and what the cap will be set. But everyone's predicting anywhere between 175 and 195 which would be it could be 
anywhere from $23 million less than this, what 2020 in the beginning was, or it could just be a $3 million loss. So it's something to monitor. But I will tell you this. I think that the Browns can get something for Odell. I think they will ask for a first-round pick because they did trade a first-round pick, and they'll look for more draft capital, get younger, because this team, that's what they want is youth. And I think that their receiving core, in my opinion, you know what, they have Jarvis. Jarvis is the same age. He could still put up numbers. Higgins looks really good. Even Donovan Peoples-Jones is looking good, too. The one thing I like is the – I think Baker Mayfield doesn't focus on one guy. He spreads the ball around. And when you can run the ball with the guys they have, and even Kareem Hunt, he's an elite pass catcher. I think they're fine. The Browns are in good shape. They could really – if they trade Odell, which I'm pretty sure they're going to, by the way, um, because also I don't think he's happy here. I really don't. He might say he is. It's obvious he's not. The numbers are just better for the Browns that without Beck Odell than with. It just makes way too much sense. And you know what, man? I, I think for, it would be beneficial for both parties if they have uh, if they both uh, part ways. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, I could buy that. I really could from both ends of it. We're not going to rant about Odell today. That time no, will come no, no, in another no, yeah, show. No, we won't do that. Quickly, I'll just say that I agree. I mean, he doesn't seem to be a great fit. The Browns don't necessarily need him. They've shown that they have enough. They have a lot of weapons even without him. Even uh, Higgins is doing okay when he doesn't fumble the ball in back-to-back possessions. But other than that, I mean, the Browns, they'll still be okay. They'll they'll have a playoff spot pretty close to clinch. I think one more win and they clinch it, I want to say. Is that correct? Or do they need two more? No, no, I believe it's one more and then they uh, they clinch it. So they could have clinched it last night in theory if they hadn't lost. Yeah, because they would have boxed the Ravens out. Okay, yep, all right, so. All right, we'll move forward, though. Do you want to go to your game? Because I don't yeah. have much to say yeah, about know mine, what? really. So. I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to be really quick with this. Um, on Thursday night, the Patriots came off a huge win against the Chargers, exposed them 45 to nothing. Everybody played well. Uh, that was not the case against the Rams. The Rams, this is the Super Bowl 53 rematch. I'm writing an article right now about it. I'll post it soon. Um, it was – Basically, Sean McVay admitted he got outcoached by Bill Belichick in that Super Bowl, and it's been bothering him ever since. I don't blame him. But also, I will say this. If you watch the tape before the game, Bill Belichick and him had that handshake at midfield uh, during pregame warm-ups, and you hear about how McVay is gushing over how the Patriots changed their identity, how good Bill Belichick is, and the game was won before it even started. That It's just a mind game, but they're two very smart coaches, and they got out the Rams said it. They got out coached and they lost the Super Bowl game. That matters. So this game now, much different. There's no Tom Brady. There's no um, the defense is a little bit cha- is changed dramatically. And I will tell you this: that Rams defense, I've been bolstering them for the past two weeks. That defense is for real. They are ferocious. Aaron Donald is just wrecking havoc like it's nothing. The Patriots' offensive line, which has been a strength, has really, really depleted last. This game on Thursday, it's Cam and Jared Stidham, because Jared Stidham came in for relief, were sacked five times. It's, it's unacceptable, and that's the loss of Isaiah Wynn at the left tackle position, really missing him. But I will tell you this, Cam Newton, I'm really getting sick of the inconsistency. Not, I tweeted, it's not all his fault. It's not, but I'm not going to take blame away from him either. Cam was 9 for 16, 119 yards, and an interception. That pick six on the screen was just terrible. How – how can you throw that ball? Aaron Donald read that. How do you do that? How do you do that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the running game, Damian Harris got a little banged up, 11 for 50. They just stopped. 
but the Rams' defense stopped the run, which was our attack. Sony Michelle, 7 for 22. Cam Newton, only 7 for 16. It's just not there. Nikhil Harry had a huge, huge uh, catch. I like what I'm seeing lately, 3 for 49. Demir Bird, 5 for 48. Jacoby, 4 for 47. James White, a catch for two yards. They got to start getting him more involved in the tight end positions, not existent. But I will tell you this, I'm just really, really sick and tired of the inconsistency. The Patriots are 6 and 7. Three games left against the Dolphins this week in Miami, Buffalo, and then the Jets. Patriots um, had a 6% chance before yesterday's game because we needed the um, Dolphins to lose. They lost to the Chiefs, of course. We needed the um, uh, the Raiders to lose. They lost to the, um, to the Colts. And then the Ravens, we needed them to lose. And, of course, they come back, and that leads to it. The Patriots have a 2 percent chance to make the playoffs they need a miracle I don't see it happening but I will tell you this I'm not going to take credit away from the Los Angeles Rams that team is scary uh Jared Goff really shut me up he played he did everything he could uh the running rushing attack for the Rams was tremendous they set the Patriots could not set the edge that's the problem with them this year can't set the edge that's what happens when you lose Dante Hightower you lose Kyle Van Moy and all them boys but I'm going to tell you this for Rams fans, Cam Akers is the starter. I don't want to see this back-and-forth bullshit. Forgive my language, Jules. Back-and-forth nonsense in, in Los Angeles. Your bell cow is Cam Akers for a reason. This guy proved it. 171 rushing yards against the Patriots. Just ate their lunch. Rams 9-4, and four, Patriots 6-7, and seven, holding by a thread. I still love my team no matter what, but I'm sick. The season's almost over, and the Patriots not winning the division, not going to the playoffs. It's sickening, but it's a rough realization that I have to live with but I will tell you this the Rams are going to go far in the playoffs I will tell you that you just led me to my next question first of all what a difference a week makes <clears throat> wow let's yeah, try it Patriots again on a short week too first of all what a difference a week makes you see complete opposite ends of the spectrum what you're paying <clears throat> damn what the fuck hold on let's try this again I have to delete this part now oh my god okay Short, you see the different sides of the spectrum now, back-to-back weeks. You're on top of the world, and all of a sudden you can't do anything right. It's crazy how the NFL changes like that. And you led me into my next question. Can this Rams defense carry Jared Goff to another Super Bowl appearance? Yes. I will oh, wow. say so you I'm, really think they have yeah. a chance to go back? No, no. From what I've seen, literally J- Jalen Ramsey, that secondary is so underrated. It was a weakness for them last year. They lost Marcus. They trade away Marcus Peters. They get they upgrade and they get Jalen Ramsey, one of the best in the game. I loved uh, Darian Williams, their their corner. They got off the practice squad from the Ravens. They're really hit it, kicking themselves in the ass for that. I love the safeties. You got Jordan Fuller, Jersey boy. We know him. Um, you got John Johnson, who who by the way is going to be a free agent. He's going to get hella paid soon. And also they got Troy Hill. They did just so fundamentally sound. And of course Aaron Donald. Leonard Floyd and the boys and Brockers, who was a huge factor in this game, have just completely showed that NFC teams, you better watch out. I'm telling you for this Rams team because Jared Goff. And also another thing is Cooper Cup did well. Their receiving court, you know, with Higby, they they could do many things. And you know what? Now they found another element in running the football with Akers. So I I think the Rams are, are scary. I really do. Yeah, I I agree, man. They definitely have what it takes. They have a chance to go back. That defense is that good. 
the Rams, I kind of didn't know what to make of them. But you know what? I'm here now. They're here. I'm going to have to buy it at this point. I'm not sure what else they need to show me. That defense to stop Brady in the box, that highest-powered offense. They've done a good job against multiple teams now. Jared Goff is up and down, but it's been up lately. Like you said with Cam Akers, they just got to give Cam the ball, and then they're going to be good to go. It's definitely a team that could go far as long as Goff doesn't bring them down or throw a costly interception when he shouldn't. But it's a team that matches up with anyone in the NFC, and they have a chance to win the division. Hopefully they do, so our draft pick's better. You guys all know what that's about, everyone listening. But <laughs> it's going to be something. It really is to see what this Rams team could do in the playoffs. Right now they're both 9-4, and four, but they have the tiebreaker over Seattle. But they will play a huge game in Week 16, and that's going to be – Let's see. Hey, what was you? No, I'm right here. Oh. No, I'm right here. So what were you saying? No, I was just saying that game's going to be box office for Rams and uh, Rams and Seahawks. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I thought I heard you say I'm going to look something up. That's why I didn't say anything. Oh. So. Uh, oh, no, no, it's all was, oh, wow. It's all good. It's all good. We could use a commercial so there anyway. So, uh. No, yeah. it's, I will tell you this. That's going to be a huge, huge game, and that might with the division. You know what? That's up, and it's going to be crazy. Just like last year with the uh, Seahawks and the 49ers, that can be the uh, game this year too. But I will tell you, you know what? Both teams match up well, but I think the Rams have what it takes to really wreck havoc. They're a really, really good football team. And Seattle, you know what? They did play well against the Jets, and we'll lead into that for our next game, but I don't think they match up with the Rams – are just going to get after it and just win that division and just move on. Yeah, I agree, brother. I really do. I think that they're going to take care of it, and it's going to be fun to watch. It really is. I'm excited. I can't wait to see what happens. Absolutely. You, no doubt. So let's move on to the next game. We'll move on to your game and uh, take it away. You know, was there a revenge game for somebody you don't you don't like no more? Let's hear it. I mean, it's just, it's not what you want, obviously. I mean, I expected to lose, so I can't say I'm too. Of course. Um, yeah, no, no. Like you had with the outcome, but like, it's just another embarrassment. I mean, the, the show continues and, and the race for Trevor Lawrence. I mean, the game, it was worse than I expected, I guess, somehow. I don't know if that makes sense. So it was 40 to 3. So I guess I expect to lose by multiple touchdowns, maybe not 37 points, if that's fair. Right. <laughs> At this point, losses are dubs for the Jets. You know, Greg Williams fired last week, the whole thing with that sucks. But Case has three more games. This team's just terrible. I mean, the one highlight, and it wasn't even really a highlight, it was just a funny thing that I took from this game, was that Jamal Adams dropped the interception. It was kind of funny. But again, it shows how bad Sam is because that ball had no business being thrown. And I knew as soon as he threw it, we all knew it was a terrible decision. It's just ironic that Adams dropped it. I'm just happy he didn't catch it at least. But he had his day. He set a safety record against us for sacks in the season at eight and a half. So he did get to do that. He had to tackle for loss, five total tackles, one quarterback hit, pass breakup. And the breakup was the one he didn't catch, obviously. But, I mean, the Jets gave up four touchdowns to Wilson. They offered no resistance. Carson ran for 76 yards. Metcalf was relatively quiet for 661, a touchdown. They didn't even need him to go off like that. 
And then Darnold just not good. The salt running game dead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you this. You know what? We all knew what was going to happen in this game. And the Seahawks really, you know, coming off that loss to the Giants, they've been very hot and cold. And Russell Wilson, who started out this season as, on an MVP-type run, but he really has struggled, thrown a lot of interceptions. He even threw one this week, 21-27, 206, four TDs and an interception. Um, when you look at the running game, Chris Carson, 12 for 76 and a score. Even Carlos Hyde, 15 for 66. Oh, he uh, – the running game was there. DK Metcalf was a man amongst boys, 6 for 61 and a score. Tyler Lockett. Five for 52. Disley got a touchdown. Freddie Swain got a touchdown. David Moore as well. But even Geno Smith, the former Jeff, went four for five for 33 yards in relief after this blowout win. But, yeah, you look at it, and the Jets, the only thing to come out of this, you know what, the running rushing attack was just not there. Braxton Berrios and Brashard Berryman, not, not there. And you look at Darnold, 14 to 26 or 132 yards. It's just – not, and then Jamison Crowder played. He only two catches for seven yards. I mean, it's just not their game. We all know what's going to happen. The Jets stood no chance. And this loss in, in the, the loss column for the Jets is wins for Jets because you guys were in the draft. So that's basically what uh, this all leads to. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, brother. It's just it's a vicious cycle of losses, you know, which is piling up. We're just ready to get it moving. Not much to see with the Jets. Um, just uh, going to be a crazy yeah. offseason like we talked about. That cap space is really going to have a good impact on them. Oh, yeah. Because they, if they lose a few, it's going to stink. But they still have a high amount, so I'm excited for that. So we'll see what happens. What game you want to do next, brother? So let's do the Sunday night game between the uh, Bills and the Steelers. And the Steelers have been – I don't know what's up with them – since they played the Ravens two weeks ago, they have just not been right. They're 11 in their two-game losing streak. I'm going to tell you this. You know what? I wrote an article a few week, uh, last week called Perfection Not Made of Steel. You guys can check it out on GruntTalksMLB.com. The one thing I said is that they, the Ravens exposed major issues. One of them was the rushing attack, and that's because James Conner wasn't there. James Conner came back and couldn't do anything. They were fumbling the ball left and right. It just wasn't there. James Conner, 10 for 18 yards. Jalen Samuels, 4 for 15, and Benny Snell, 3 for 14. That's just unacceptable. Not even fit, like close to under 50 yards rushing. It's crazy. Ben Roethlisberger has been, had pressed a lot of pressure put on his shoulders, I got to say, and it's just not happening anymore. He's 38 years old. He's got a lot of uh, – he, he's got two bad knees right now. 21 to 37, 187 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. He's thrown way too many interceptions lately. He was led by Juju Smith-Schuster at six for 55 and a touchdown. Deontay Johnson had a few drops, but he had four for 40 on seven targets. Eric Ebron, two for 30. And James Washington, three for 29 and a score. J Chase Claypool has been non-existent as of late. It's just not all there, and the Steelers' defense has too much pressure put on them. When you look at the Bills, the Bills really played well. Josh Allen, 24-43, 238, two touchdowns. He threw that bad interception. Uh, the rushing attack for the Bills, I don't like it. I think it's really just mediocre at best. They, that backfield by committee with Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, it just doesn't do it for me. 
Um, both of them to combine only 65 yards rushing. Josh Allen, six for 28. But Stefan Diggs, man, 14 targets, 10 receptions, 130 yards, and a score. The guy is just an absolute monster. This trade by Bean, by Brandon Bean of the Bills, and that's what got him in an extension doing going, getting Josh Allen a number one receiver target weapon like this. Absolutely tremendous. He leads the league in receiving yards. Cole Beasley, 5 for 41 on 10 targets. Dawson Knox, 3 for 43. John Brown's been out on injury. And Gabriel Davis has stepped in. He had 3 for 19 in the score. But I will tell you this. The Bills are 10 and 3. They're about to win the AFC East. Makes me sick to my stomach. But I will, the one thing I take away from this is that, you know what? The Bills have proven they're beatable, but they're tough to beat as well. But the Steelers, I don't like what I see. I said this a few weeks ago, man. I've, a few weeks ago, I said the Steelers-Chiefs was the AFC Championship game and the Steelers were going to win. I'm going to backtrack that, and I'm going to tell you this. it's going. The Steelers have a lot of work to do, man. That defense still is one of the best, but they're losing losing Devin Bush in the middle, their linebacker, and then losing the Spillane, his, his uh, replacement, has been a problem. And the Steelers' offense puts too much pressure on Roethlisberger. They're too one-dimensional. That's another thing I said in my article. They're extremely one-dimensional and good defenses they went up against top 10 defenses in the past three weeks against the Ravens, the Washington football team, and the Bills, and they can't do anything. It's a problem, and going forward in the playoffs, if they want to go far, they're going to have to fix a few things. But with the Bills, I will tell you, they did look good. They definitely did. Yeah, I mean, it's really disappointing that the Steelers put forth the last two weeks all the drop passes, you know, giving themselves chances to win, but they can't figure it out. You know, they just, they've been blown in the last two weeks. The Steelers are going in the wrong direction. Like we said, they're looking like a one and done at this rate if they don't figure it out. Right. Yeah. But the Bills, yeah. Like I was saying before, now this is my greatest fear. And I think it might happen. The Buffalo Bills going to Arrowhead to play the AFC championship game in about four weeks, maybe. No, I'm way too fast with that like a month and a half two months closer to that actually right around two maybe who knows but I can see it happening at this point the Bills might be the second best team in the conference Stephon Diggs has reinvented himself in Buffalo he is better than he was on when the new man off the Minnesota Vikings first yeah. <laughs> 100 catches on the season almost 1200 yards he's never been he I don't know if he's ever caught 100 balls before but it really doesn't matter right now because what he's doing for the Bills is better than what he was doing for them, and he is fitting perfectly. I thought the mix with Iowa was going to be awkward. I think we both did because of deep ball issues potentially, but they've been able to figure it out. Diggs has been catching everything, and they just can't stop him. They can't, and it's tough because the Bills are going to go far and they're in a division. Our teams aren't. It's not fun, but um, got to give them credit where credit's due, you know. They really built this thing the right way, unlike the Jets, and they were in similar situations too. That's what makes me so upset about it, but you can't win them all, and the Jets haven't won any games, so here we are. Yeah, no, with the uh, with the Bills, um, it's they've really played well. Josh Allen, I'm not going to take anything away. I still think he's inaccurate and inconsistent, but – he has been playing really, really well, and this defense has really been lights out for them, and they 
look scary, and it looks like they, they have a chance, a very good chance to go to the AFC Championship game too against the Chiefs. We'll see in a rematch of early in the in the season. But I agree with you 100%. The Steelers really have to fix stuff to go far. But what do you say we move on from this game? We go to the next game. It's the Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions. Oh, God. Where do we begin with this one? I mean, the Lions, they somehow only lose by a touchdown. But we always knew they weren't going to win this game. Rodgers throws three TDs. Devontae Adams does his thing, 115-7 in a touch. But Tonyan catches one. Valdez Scantlin catches one. Aaron Jones, relatively quiet day, unfortunate for us. 69 yards rushing. Only caught two passes for six yards. Would have liked to see more, obviously. But the Packers took care of business. They beat a team they should beat. Stapper was all right in the day. 244 and a touchdown. The running game was non-existent. Unfortunately, Swift didn't do too much, although he did score a touchdown. But just another day at the office for the Packers. They move forward with a dub, and they are now the top seed in the NFC. Yeah. They, because the Saints that, blew it. Yep, because the Saints lost, and we'll get to that game next. Um, I'm telling you this, Green Bay, you know, this is an up-and-down game, but the Packers, you know what, their defense is the one weakness with them that they really got to figure out. But uh, their offense, they're fine. Aaron Rodgers was lights out. I think, in my opinion, with the Packers, they need to start just giving the ball a lot more to Aaron Jones. I know they bring in Jamal Williams. Just give the ball to Aaron Jones. He's a free agent after this year. Just keep feeding him and do what you got to do. Also, another note, Aaron Jones hired Drew Rosenhaus, which is the NFL's version of Scott Boris. So he's looking to get hella paid, and he definitely will. Devontae Adams is just a man amongst boys. He's had touchdown in consecutive games. 100 yards in consecutive games. Robert Tanyan, I love this guy. Underrated, catches everything. Red zone target. Scanling was very good as well. Lazard, not really a factor. But with the Lions, when you look at it, um, Stafford got hurt in the game. What else is new with that line? offensive line? always getting him hurt. And Chase Daniel had to come in three for six, 29 yards. But, yeah, the backfield for the uh, Lions is just a mess. It's really disgusting. They really got to figure it out. But with the receiving core, you know what, man? Without Kenny Galladay, they just struggle. You know, Danny Amendola always um, reliable, 6 for 66. Marvin Jones, 4 for 48. TJ Hawkinson, the tight end, 6 for 43 in the score. Even Mohamed Sanu, 2 for 37. But it's just not all there. Packers get the win. They're the top seed. Their their, um, record, their, excuse me, their schedule is relatively easy. The Lions, 5 and 8. Another note today, they hired Barry Sanders. Yes, the one of the best running backs in football, their Hall of Famer. Barry Sanders is going to lead the way and search for a new head coach for the Detroit Lions because they hired a committee, and he's a part of it. So it's definitely interesting what's going on there. But with the Packers, they're riding high, and they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs too. But I, that offense is still riding high, even though they didn't. the Packers, we all talk about getting them more and more weapons, but Aaron Rodgers just proven that. You know what? Whoever he puts out there, all he needs is Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones, and he's just fine. Yeah, you're 100% right. The Packers will be just fine going forward, and they have a lot of big things ahead of them, and they might be in the Super Bowl. They have a good chance of anyone in the NFC right now. Absolutely. 100%, man. 100%. So let's move on to the uh, next game, which was – the Eagles and the Saints, and the storyline of this, Jules, is that Jalen Hurts got the start over Carson Wentz, who's been absolutely abysmal this year. And the Saints had uh, Taysom Hill start again, even though 
Drew Brees, they said, could have played, but they wanted to rest him a little bit more. But the Saints definitely had, didn't play their best. What do you think? Yeah, no, that was a big upset. You know what? It was a real typical trap game for the Saints. You know, didn't have much to play for. They were on the road, a team that's really bad. Jalen Hurts, first time starting, you know, a lot of things cooking for this upset, and the Eagles hit it exactly right. Um, the Saints were sluggish. Jason Hill almost threw for 300 yards, though he did get picked off. He threw for two touchdowns, so definitely his best day throwing the ball. Michael Thomas, 8 for 84. Jared Cook catches a touchdown late. Tamara was just okay, around Seven 100 yards under yeah. scrimmage. Yeah, 50 rushing yards. So just an all right day. The Eagles kept them in check, and they keep their hopes alive in the NFC least as well. Now they're back in contention, but they're going to need a lot to happen. So Jalen Hurts, 167, no turnovers, though. That was big. He ran for 106 yards, big hit. The Saints couldn't stop him. And we're surprised by this because and Sanders also ran for 115 and two touchdowns. The receiving game was basically non-existent, like always. But we're surprised by this because we feel like the Saints should have been ready for this because they have Jalen Hurts and Taysom Hill. Yeah, exactly. That's that's one thing that I'm surprised that Sean Payton didn't prepare for. I mean, this is easy. You're going up against a rookie uh, rookie quarterback who's just like Taysom Hill. They use him the same way, and they couldn't stop him. But, yeah, I'm going to tell you this. Jalen Hurts took control of that offense, didn't turn the ball over, proved that. Listen, this guy has a chip on his shoulder. Remember, he was at Alabama and got hurt, and Tua took over, and he never got it back and transferred to Oklahoma and did great things. Uh-huh. So the one thing is he has a chip on his shoulder. He finally now gets his chance, and he, look what he did. He took the ball and ran with it, no pun intended, because literally he had over um, almost 280 yards all purpose. Looked really, really, um, really good. And the receiving situation for the Eagles has always been non-existent. Zach Ertz comes back two for eight yards. I mean, I'm just going to tell you this. I think he's as good as gone. Yeah, not, and he's not going to get the money he was hoping for either. Ertz should have. I don't. He messed up. Something got messed. Well, the Eagles didn't want to extend him, and he kind of he's in a bad spot now because he's been non-existent this year. He's been injured. He's gonna. What are they going to do? Trade him, or he's going to be a free agent? Uh, they do well. They're looking to do an extension. I think that he still has a year or two left on his deal, so they're going to probably uh, move on from him. And they like what they see from Goddard. Oh, they're going to have to trade him, yeah. And yeah, so and Alshon Jeffrey's good as gone. Um, but Terrible. when you look at but when you look at this, yeah, Taysom Hill got picked off, but he's proving that in the future he's the Saints' best option at quarterback when Drew Brees leaves, which could be after this year. But the yeah. one thing with Kamara, I've noticed that with Alvin Kamara's production goes down with Taysom Hill. And, you know, man, we just got to see what goes on. But Michael Thomas, 8 for 84 and 8 targets. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders gets into the game. Jared Cook late. But, yeah, you know what? The Eagles get a nice win. The Saints are 10-3. and 3. They lose the top spot. But they're going to definitely be in it for sure, especially with Drew Brees coming back. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I really do. Next game, Giants and Cardinals. And the Giants were my most disappointing game of the week, actually, because I really thought they were ready to take that next step and take control of the NFC lease, but that was anything but the case. They had nothing on offense. Kyler Murray throws for a touchdown. Kenyon Drake has an all right day. DeAndre Hopkins around 140. No touchdowns, though. But, um... 
The Giants' offense was dead. Gallman, 57 rushing yards. That's it. The passing game was led by Tate with 39 yards on one grab. Daniel Jones was banged up, 127 yards, no touchdowns, no picks, got sacked six times. You know, you could just tell he was injured. The mobility was really a problem. Should he have played? I'm not sure. Do I understand why he did? Of course, during the playoff race, and he gave them the best chance to win. But I'm not saying if you put Colt McCoy in, the Cardinals would still win. So I don't really think it cost them the game. But I hope for their sake that Jones is all right going forward. And he is supposed to play next week, I believe. Right, brother? He's still on track for next week. Yeah, yeah, he's on track for next week, definitely. Yeah, so I just think it was a big letdown for the Giants. And now they, they're in a big race because the Redskins keep it rolling despite the fact that Alex Smith got injured. So they're Giants and Redskins coming down to that last three games. But good win for the Cardinals to keep themselves in the race. I believe they may have a spot back or they're on the verge of getting one. They're right there regardless. They have a spot back as of right now. So they the got their seed. spot back. Okay. They just squeezed into that last seed and they have Thank a one game lead on the Vikings mm-hmm. and yeah. Washington too, but Washington will probably win the division. So they won't have to worry about that. So, all right. I mean, that's yeah. my take on the game. Yeah. So literally with this, um, when you look at it, Kyler Murray really needed to play better. He has, he's been struggling for a few weeks. 24, 35, 244 and a touchdown. Did relatively well. Um, he had 47 rushing yards. Kenyon Drake, 23 for 80 and a score. DeAndre Hopkins, 11 targets. You know, they said he was banged up. Didn't prove it to me. Nine for a buck, 36. Looked great. But other than that, nobody else was really existing. You know, Larry Fitz comes back two for 10. Uh, Dan Arnold, two for 27 and a score. Um, Christian Kirk, three for 14. It's just not there. It's a one-man show. But when you look at the Giants, Daniel Jones just came back relatively early. He's just trying to uh, tough it out, and it just didn't work out. And the rushing attack wasn't there. The receiving game for the Giants, literally, I don't know what it is. That's a mess, too. Golden Tate, one for 39. Sterling Shepard, three for 35. Evan Ingram, four targets, two for 18. You got to see better than that. But the Giants defense, you know what, saw this offense, which was complex, and they got – they didn't play well. They got to move on. They got a tough schedule ahead. But we'll we'll definitely see what happens. They're definitely there. And Washington and the Giants will be definitely at the end there. So see what happens. But what do you say we go on to the next game, which is the Falcons and the Chargers? This one was, uh, man, what do I even, where do I begin with this one? You know, I have a lot of thoughts about this game. I really do. And we've talked about this a lot. And I'm not even that concerned with the football game and the Falcons going forward this year, honestly. I'm not. But – I'm just going to get right to it, honestly. What's up with Matt Ryan? Do you think he's done with the Falcons? Yeah, I do. I just uh, literally threw the turned the ball over three times, uh, 224, one touchdown, three picks. It's just it's just not good. I don't like what I see. And you know what? With the rushing attack, Todd Gurley just hasn't been the guy. His knees proven that he has really bad knees, still six for 19 yards. Edo Smith, 11 for 42. When was the last time we heard Edo Smith's name? Two years ago, for God's sake. Yeah, you know, that's a big part of the problem, too. It just hurts me because, you know, it's my second team. I have a lot of love for Matt Ryan. Um, it doesn't look like it's going to work out in Atlanta, though. I don't know what's going to happen here, but he just – and then Julio's injured again. What do we think is going to happen with Jones? Do you think there's any chance he's actually not a Falcon next year? 
I mean, I, I'll tell you this. I think the one thing that the Falcons are looking at is they're trying to, you know what, they're looking to rebuild. They see the quarterback situation with uh, Matt Ryan. It's just not working out. They fire uh, Dan Quinn. The glory days from them are just not – it's uh, it's over. They got to rebuild. They got to find a younger quarterback. Matt Ryan's uh, got a high contract, and he's getting older, so they're going to have to invest in a young quarterback, and I expect them to as well. But the one thing I will say is that with Julio Jones, he's literally the guy that – he, the Falcons, that's what you think of. When you think of the Falcons, you don't think of Matt Ryan. You think of Julio Jones. You think of that number, 11 jersey. You think of him mossing people out, just literally just being uncoverable. And, you know, what the injuries are mounting up. But I don't – I will say that I won't be shocked if he's not on the team. Wow. But you know. anything could happen. And also, Calvin Ridley is a number one receiver. Look at this guy, eight for a buck, 24 in a score. He just puts up numbers every week, and Russell Gage has proven that he could be a solid two, number two. So they, they, they found production without Julio Jones. It's just not in the win yeah. columns. But I will tell you this, they do have young weapons on offense, though, but in my opinion, I think um, they really need to address the running back situation. Todd Gurley is just – I think Todd Gurley's good as done. Those knees are terrible. Um, with Julio Jones, listen, the guy's a freak of nature. He, it's the soft tissue injuries you got to worry about. But I will tell you this, it's going to be interesting how it goes with Atlanta. But I will say I think that Arthur Blank is really going to look to uh, change a few things. But going to the Chargers, Justin Herbert had a terrible game against the Patriots. Comes back 36-44, 243, two touchdowns and an interception. Did pretty well. Austin Eckler, 15 for 79. Not bad. Kalen Blodge, 7 for 14. Justin Jackson, literally uh, 3 for 9. Um, the receiving situation was led by Eckler, 9 for, for 67. Tyron Johnson, 6 for 55 in the score. Keelan, Keenan Allen, 9 for 52 in the score. Hunter Henry, 6 for 41. Um, and I'll tell you, man, it's just with the Chargers, they still have problems on special teams. That's an issue. Um and that was shown in the Patriots game and in this game, but they got the win this week. They needed it, four for nine. And I told you, Anthony Lynn, is, he, he's good as gone there. He's really, really uh, respected in the front office of the Chargers, but they're going to look elsewhere, and that's going to be a coaching position with the quarterback and the weapons, and that defense is going to be attractive for head coaching candidates. But for this game, man, it was really boring to watch. Uh, watching, uh, I was red zoning it because the Patriots didn't play. So watching them, I was just like, it's just, I just don't see it this year with both teams. But there's going to be a lot of changes going forward with both these teams, that's for sure. Yeah, there's really a lot of uncertainty. I mean, the Falcons, Julio, it's been a great run. Unfortunately, that Super Bowl might go down as their last chance together as a team because Ryan, I think me and you both think, I'll get back to this game, like, really quickly. I'm just going to say one last thing about Ryan. We think that he would be a great 49er, and I could see him getting a nice second win with Kyle Shanahan out there. I think it would be the perfect situation for him, try to go win that Super Bowl he couldn't get with Atlanta. It's not going to happen with the Falcons. No. In terms of Julio Jones, it's a tough situation because – I think anybody will go for him, really. I really well, do. yeah, his market will be robust, obviously, and I'm sure they can still get a first, if not more than a first for him. Although Probably. his contract's heavy, so maybe just a first. But they'll, they'll, that'll be the least of their problems if they want to go in that direction. It's just that it feels like for his legacy, he'd want to be with one team. But if he wants to win a Super Bowl, he might have to leave the Falcons. That's why it's going to be a tough thing to see what ends up happening. But 
Um, I know his time's running down. He's like 32, 33 now. So his yeah. clock is ticking a little bit. He's been in the league for nine years. But I mean, this game was like sort of what we expected, you know? We knew something crazy was going to happen. We knew there was going to be a lot of sloppy plays. Actually, only 31. Wow. But we knew there was going to be a lot of sloppy play. And there was. But you know what? The Chargers were the better of the bad teams because both teams, like you said, are going to be in big changes. Lynn's probably getting fired, like you alluded to. Um, the Falcons and Chargers both have a ton of talent, but not a lot of results. Yeah, no. So I agree with you 100% with uh, Matt Ryan and San Francisco. I think the writing's on the wall. I think it's perfect. Nice. And they're looking to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo since he can't stay healthy. So um, definitely with Julio, it's going to be interesting to see who's interested. I, I'm going to tell you, I think every NFL team that needs receivers, <laughs> Patriots should definitely uh, <laughs> make a call and see what it's going to take to get him. I know he has a high contract, but you know what? It's a once-in-a-lifetime player. It's like when, when the Patriots got Randy Moss. So, yeah, I hope that doesn't happen, but we'll have to see if he gets traded. But I do still want him to be a Falcon, I think. It's just something about that uniform. Like, it's just too pure. Like, it's too – it's just like what he is, but like, you know. No, yeah. Like I said, he's Mr. Atlanta, Mr. Falcon. Everyone thinks of Julio Jones, number 11 on Atlanta. That's what they go to games to see. They don't go games to see Matt Ryan. They, they know what he is. He's hot and cold. They go to see Julio Jones. I also hope next year we'll be able to go see him too. When, yeah, when, definitely. when everything's back to normal because they're supposed to play my Jets. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. Definitely down the road, see uh, hopefully things will be able to be back to normal we could go to games and we'll definitely be there bro for sure but moving on to the next game the Washington football team going on against the San Francisco 49ers I'm going to tell you this man um the four the Washington football team got the win but Alex Smith you know he got injured didn't look good eight for 19 57 yards passing an interception Dwayne Haskins comes in seven for 12 51 yards rushing attack JD McKissick 11 for 68 it's obvious this team really misses uh, Antonio Gibson, who's nursing that turf toe injury. We'll see if he gets back for them this week. They really need him. But um, receiver situation, Terry, scary Terry McLaren, Terry targeted six times, two for 24. This secondary of the 49ers is underrated now. They got Sherman back. Uh, Jason Verrett, who's been injured his entire career, is healthy for the first time, and you see what he can do. For the 49ers, he was with the Chargers, never really played that much, like I said, because of injury, but – just not the Washington football team. Just you know, they they nursed out an injury. Uh, they squeaked out a win. The defense is lighting it up. You know, they were led by that defense. But when you look at Nick Mullins, twenty five and forty five, two sixty, a touchdown and a pick. He's not playing bad, but he's just not winning games. Uh, Raheem Moster, fourteen for sixty five yards. He got injured a little bit. That was able to come back. But then Jeff Wilson came in, eleven for thirty one and a score. Uh, Debo Samuel left. The, the game with an injury, he's out for the year. Brandon Ayuk has been nothing short of spectacular. What a find. What a draft pick for this team. 16 targets, 10 receptions, 119 yards, and he's on uh, pace to break um, uh, Jerry Rice's rookie receiving record for the team, which is pretty crazy to, to uh, see. I saw that today. Uh, Kendrick Bourne, 3 for 42. Richie James, 3 for 33. Ross Tawali. It, it, it was just uh, – Really ugly for the 49ers. They were really missing that playmaking quarterback, even missing Garoppolo. The injuries really mounting up. But when you look at this game, you know, with the Washington football team, they find ways to win because of their defense. Their offense struggled. 
Um, Alex Smith got hurt. He left, but it was the defense that really made all the difference against Nick Mullins. So moving on and the Washington football team wants to go to the playoffs, they're proving everybody wrong and that's what they're going to keep doing. Absolutely, brother. I think the Redskins are in the right position right now to take this division. They had a big win despite the fact that Alex Smith went down. Do you know the stats for Smith? This is up in the air. Uh, I haven't heard anything right now. They're gonna they have practices starting tomorrow, so we're gonna see the injury report. But uh, um, should I believe he should be okay? But we'll hear more tomorrow on the injury report. Yeah, the biggest surprise here is the fact that well, first of all, the Redskins didn't even throw for a hundred yards, and they won the football game. So that's something to take note of. Defense McKissick was good. They they've toughed it out without Gibson. I don't know when he's gonna be back. Hopefully soon for their sake. Logan Thomas has been showing up. Um yeah, to Harry McLaren, time. like you said, the fact that he was held to two for twenty four is an absolute amazing job by the forty nine seconds there, like he alluded to. I mean, Scary Terry is called Scary Terry for a reason, and this was the worst game he's had of the season by far. He's been on the stat sheet every game, always has multiple catches, close to a hundred yards most times out, if not over. Only three touchdowns in the year, but he's been very, very productive, and they really slowed him down. But I think that um, he'll be fine going forward. 49ers won a mess without Jimmy G. That offense is bad, and it's a lot of injuries and stuff. I mean, Mullins gets picked off. Mostert did okay, 65 yards. Ayuk really went off, like you said, 120 yards and 10 catches. So that's good for him, and – We'll have to see what happens. The Redskins are still in it. 49ers looking towards next year. Like we said, maybe Matty Ice. Yeah, we're going to have to see definitely what happens with that. Definitely uh, a strong possibility. I Like we said, it's definitely going to happen. It's inevitable. They're, they're missing playmakers. The injuries mounting up. And the Washington football team just squeaking out wins looking really good on defense. Yeah, how about that Chase Young, man? What a play. Ah, he, oh, Chase Young is amazing. He, he, that could have been a nomination for Player of the Week, too. I, I'm going to tell you this. He reminds me of Jadavian Clowney when he was in college. Jadavian Clowney, oh, okay, yeah, good Jadavian Clowney. Clowney was a man amongst good boys Clowney. in college, and in the NFL he's been nothing, in my opinion. I think he's been mediocre at best. And in college, Chase Young was quietly a man amongst boys, and when he's come, he's really made wrecking havoc. He, he can destroy a game, do many things for you, and he's proven for you. He's going to be – Argue when he when it's time to get his contract in five years, he's going to be the highest paid defensive player. I can guarantee you that. Yeah, he's on that track. He's going to be that good. I agree. Great pick and everything. Slam dunk. Um, we stay in that division. There's a few lappers we can do quick. We Cowboys Bengals. I mean, this one there's not really much to talk about except that Red, Red Rifle got his revenge and he yep. beat the Bengals. That's really the storyline here. You know, thirty-seven. Dallas barely hanging on the NFC East to four nine and a four nine. Bengals two ten and one. That's what I was saying to end with. But the Bengals terrible. Brendan Allen no, not ready to be a quarterback at all. Just not good, you know. And then they're gonna be the third pick, the Bengals. So with a, with a loss, this is big for us Jets people. For if the Jets lose on Sunday, which they probably will they will clinch a top two pick in the NFL draft. Yeah. Um, now, when you look at this, um, with this game, I will tell you, uh, yeah, 
it's pretty obvious Jets aren't going to get a win on Sunday, so they'll clinch it up. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, I'm trying to make it sound fun, but we yeah. all know it's going off in the first or second pick regardless. Yeah, so Andy Dalton came back, got his revenge, two touchdown passes. Zeke Elliott, I don't know what's up with him. He's really not himself. I don't know. He, should, he used to be wrecked. The past few, I just don't think he's himself really. Amari yeah, I don't know what is up with Zeke. It's not being talked about enough. He's just been awful this year. I know, like, the quarterbacks it's are Ever injured, since he got paid. Ever since he got paid, he's been different. Yeah, you know, last year wasn't his best year either. It was the whole Mexico trip, you know, but, like, I don't know. Yeah, he's got to change a lot of things, but I'll tell you this. You know, Amari Cooper has played well the past few weeks. Four for 51 in the score. D, C.D. Lamb, two for 46. But other than that, nothing really. But when you look at the Bengals, you know, Brandon Allen did any all he could. 27-36, 217 in the score. Ryan Finley came in one for two five yards. Excuse me. Uh, Trayvon Williams, 12 of 49 rushing. Samar J.P. Ryan, 10 for 32. Um, A.J. Green came to life, 6 for 62 in the score. T. Higgins, 5 for 49. Tyler Boyd, 5 for 43. Got a good nucleus there, but it's just not clicking together for wins. This team's going to be fine. It's just, you know, losing Joe Burrow to the ACL this year. They weren't going to go anywhere anyway, but they've proven what they can be for years forward. But this game, it was a laugher. We all knew Cowboys would win this game. Uh, Red Rifle wanted his revenge, and he got his revenge. Yeah, he really did, and it was a good game for him, and he at least he gets that because he's not going to get much else. But I guess he's played well enough to at least be a backup somewhere still, so he'll still have a team next year, I'd assume. But speaking of the race for the pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars held up their end of the bargain, and they lost. So their race for Trevor is right there with the Jets. If the Jets win, everyone knows what happens. But Jaguars go down 31-10. Derrick Henry, that cutback run was nasty. 47 yards to the house. That play was sick. You knew once he hit that corner, no one's going to stop him. Derrick Henry, 215 yards. What a beast. A.J. Brown, 112. Titans just rolled up the Jaguars like we knew they would. Gardner Minshew returned, and he was okay, but it didn't matter. And that's about it. Yeah, this game was short and sweet. It was... The Titans looked really good. Derrick Henry, a man amongst boys against that defense, 215, two scores, couldn't be stopped. Ryan Tannehill, 212, two touchdowns. A.J. Brown, he was injured. He showed up He showed up in the game, uh, in pregame, with a Julio Jones jersey on, and that's he said that's why he wears number 11 for Julio Jones. He played just like him, seven for a buck, 12, and a touchdown. Jeff Swain, three for 34 and a touchdown. Just you know what this team when you look at the Jaguars Gardner Minshew and Mike Lennon is just not getting it done even though Gardner did much better when he came in James Robinson was kind of cooled down twelve for sixty seven he's played really really well their receiving situation for the Jaguars isn't as bad as people think you know Keenan Keelan Cole six for sixty seven seven for sixty seven in a score and Lavisca Chenault the rookie has really played well for them six for forty nine but other than that they need a little bit of help Tyler Eifert stayed healthy this whole year I'm shocked. DJ Chark has been nothing this year. He's been non-existent, two for 16. It's just not there with uh, without a quarterback there. It's just inconsistency. But, yeah, this game was – we all knew it was going to happen, and I agree with it. Uh, the Titans are just – they're 9-4. and four. They went up against a crappy team, and they showed just how crappy they were and that the Titans are really going to be a force in the playoffs. Absolutely, brother. They, hopefully they can be that second team. Hopefully they can be that second team to challenge Kansas City. But 
Yeah, that was an easy one. The, the Titans oh, were always going to win. That Jaguars had no chance. Not like they care to have a chance. But then how about this one? Bears, Texans. And what happened to the Texans? Fell asleep at the wheel. The Bears finally get a dub here. Yeah, no, I'll tell you what's going on with the Bears. It's the fact that the defense is starting to play really, really well. And that Mitch Trubisky, since being benched and coming back, he's played really well. You know, this is a team that was looking for – they were going to be in market for a quarterback, which I still expect them to be. But Mitch Trubisky has really played well, even though, you know, they haven't really won a lot of games, but they won this game. Look at his stats. 24-33, no turnovers and three touchdown passes. Tremendous. David Montgomery is a weapon as a running back, 11 for one a buck 13 in a score. Even – Cordell Patterson, who's a running back for them, does everything. Six for 26. Mitch had 23 rushing yards. Allen Robinson, a man amongst boys. Pay the damn man. Nine for a buck 23 in the touchdown. Cole Komet has taken over at tight end. Four for 41. Jimmy Graham, four for 23 in the touchdown. Darnell Mooney, two for 22. Anthony Miller's been really quiet. But I'll tell you this, you know what? With Mitch Trubisky, he provides a different dynamic because he could extend the play with his legs. We've seen it, and he's starting to put it all together. So that's why I will tell you this, is that the Bears, you know what? They're 6-7. and seven. They're a fluke team still. I'm going to say that still. They're still a fluke team. But they got a big – the Texans, you know what? They're too hot and cold. And when you look at their stats, and I'll be real quick with this, you know, Deshaun Watson, 219 in the touchdown pass. He missing, he's missing Brandon Cooks. He's missing uh, – uh, Will Fuller, he was throwing to Chad Hansen, for Christ's sake. Jules, Chad Hansen was on the Jets. Remember when he used to start for you a few years ago? F- uh, seven for 56. Duke Johnson, two for 53. D- uh, Kiki QT, three for 24 and a touchdown. It's just, where's all his weapons? They're all gone. That's why yeah. they're not winning games. Yeah, the Texans are a shit show. They really are. And it's embarrassing what they've become and they have no draft picks. The thing with Fuller being out hurts them, but... Texans are in a bad spot. The Bears get a win against a team that isn't really good, but the Bears play a good game. Mitch do better, like you said, but they're not going anywhere either. So it's a meaningless game in the scheme of things, but it happens, and the Bears took advantage of the situation. Absolutely, yeah. So why don't so let's uh let's go over to this game. It's the Raiders and the Colts, and when you look at this game, pretty evenly matched the. The Raiders were seven and five. The Colts were eight and four. And this game really went well for Phillip Rivers. Played really well. Nineteen for twenty-eight, two twenty-four, two score, two touchdowns. The player of the game for me is Jonathan Taylor. They're finally using Jonathan Taylor, and look what he could do for you: twenty rushes, one hundred fifty yards, and two touchdowns. Naheem Hines seven for fifty-eight. Uh, T.Y. Hilton's finally showing up. They're finally throwing him the ball. Look what he could do for you: T.Y. T.Y. Touchdown, T.Y. Five for 86 and two touchdown passes, two touchdown receptions, excuse me. Jack Doyle, three for 44. Michael Pittman, I really like him, the rookie out of USC. Two catches for 42 yards. Um, Naheem Hines, four for 17. But this team's defense is lights out, and they really limited the Raiders. The Raiders, even though Derek Carr, 31 of 45, 316, two touchdowns, but he did throw two interceptions. Zay Jones threw a pass for 29 yards. Uh, Josh Jacobs, Jules, did you hear about this? Josh Jacobs before the game was trolling everyone. He's like, guys, I'm not yeah. playing. Ha ha. And he played like he was on the field when he did it. It's really funny. But, uh, yeah, Jules, I can't, I can't, I saw that. That was a big story. Oh yeah, definitely. It was funny as hell. But, uh, Jules, I'll tell you this. Nelson Aguilar, remember last year he was on the Eagles rated the worst receiver in football. He's changed yeah. his ways with the Raiders five for a hundred yards and a touchdown. 
really, really looking good. Uh, Darren Waller was targeted 10 times, 7 for 75, was hoping to get a touchdown in the end zone. But Kenny Moore made that sick interception one-handed. Foster Moreau, 1 for 47 in the score. Hunter Renfro, 5 for 48. Uh, Henry Ruggs, I, I, to me, they, they're too inconsistent with using his speed. They need to use Henry Ruggs, Jules, like the Chiefs use Tyreek Hill all over the place. I don't get what they don't understand. Yeah, the Raiders don't seem to make the best usage of rugs. I mean, we saw it last week with the Jets. He was pretty bad until that last botch play. But, um, yeah, the Raiders, they just got beat. We kind of knew this was going to happen, especially after watching the game against the Jets last week. I had no confidence in them playing the Colts, you know. I should have housed the Colts. That was the easiest game of the week, probably. Whoever thought the Raiders were going to beat the Colts, they never had a chance. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> the Colts are just better, but – Phil Rivers is getting hot too, and Jonathan Taylor goes absolutely crazy. One fifty and two touchdowns. I know Bobby's big Taylor guy, sixty-two yards on one of them. T.Y. Hilton's back and better than ever with two touchdowns, eighty-six yards. So it's let's go for the Colts. They're going to be a tough outcome playoff time, also. Yeah, definitely, and their defense is lights out too. Rated the uh, top three in the top three defense, rated number two actually. Um, so they're really, they're really a good team and, you know, we're going to have to see what's going on moving forward, but yeah, the Raiders, you know, they've been very inconsistent this year. They've shown flashes, but then they just lose a bad game, but the Colts were always going to beat them. Just a really, the Colts are a tough out there. You're not going to want to play them. Definitely. Absolutely not brother. So let's move on to this game. We've got three games left. So let's move on to this game. This one for me, it's the Denver Broncos and the Panthers. I will tell you this, Drew Locke, and there's been a report, and I will say this, Albert Breer reported that the Jets can get a second and a third for Sam Darnold, and one team to watch out for is the Broncos. It's between the Broncos and the Steelers are two of the teams that are really vying for his services for Darnold, by the way. I forgot to mention that earlier. But so when people you look, going through the backlog is already talking about that Sam yeah. Darnold talk. Yeah, they're going through there. But when you look at – but my point of bringing right. this up is look at Drew Locke. Drew Locke has been inconsistent. What a game. 21-27, 280 yards, and four touchdown passes. This is what? He's too inconsistent. He's, he, he's a good player. He's just got to put it all together. Melvin Gordon at the, the running attack, rushing attack for the uh, Broncos. I don't know what's going on with it. Just pick a guy, for God's sake. Melvin Gordon, 13 for 68. Philip Lindsay, 11 for 24. Uh, the receiving situation, I'm going to tell you this. K.J. Hamler has been a find for the Broncos. He had two for 86 and two scores. Troy Fumagalli, four for 53. Jerry Judy, two for 42. They got to throw him the ball a lot more. They really got to get him the ball more. Tim Patrick, three for 36 and a score. Melvin Gordon, three for 23. And I'll tell you this. When you look at the Panthers, because Teddy Bridgewater, 30 of 42, 83. He had no touchdowns, no picks. Um he did have a rushing touchdown in 31 yards rushing. Mike Davis, 11-51, two scores. Curtis Samuel, two rushes, 22 yards. Robbie Anderson, two for 13. Robbie Anderson led the way in the receiving game, also over eight for 84 on 12 for targets. Curtis Samuel, six, seven for 68. I might add that Curtis Samuel is a free agent after this year, and he's not going to come back to that team. I'll tell you yeah. that. He's going to get paid somewhere else. And you be used in ways he's being used now. So versatile, can do so many things. But when you look at this game, the one thing I see is I see that, you know what, the Broncos defense clamped down as much as they could. Uh, they limited Jerry Judy. Um, but the Broncos could – the one thing, the um, 
I mean, I'm sorry, the uh, Panthers clamped down on Jerry Judy. The Broncos couldn't clamp down on Robbie Anderson. He was lighting it up, but they, Panthers just couldn't put it together. You know, um, the defense played well. Drew Locke looked good. Teddy Bridgewater's been okay. Need to see a little bit more, but this team is really missing Christian McCaffrey, who, by the way, this team's not going to the playoffs. Why is he even going to play? He's played three games. Oh, they're actually putting him back out there. They, well, they're at, everyone's like, is he coming back? Is he coming back? But, like, I don't expect him to be back. They might just shut him down. Won't be surprised if they shut him down soon. That's what they should do. Yeah, because he's played three games this year. He's been injured, soft tissue. So, you know what? Pack it up, and we'll see what you got next year. Yeah, there's no reason to bring him back out after all the stuff that's happened with him already. I agree with you 100% on that. I really do. But, yeah, so uh, so let's go to this game. It's the Chiefs and the – Dolphins. So, what did you think of this, bro? Um, I was surprised, man. The Dolphins on top, you know, two threw for over three hundred at two touchdowns to throw a pick. Patty Mahomes with three picks, two in the first quarter, I believe. Yep. And he almost had four hundred yards. Of course, they still win. Travis Kelsey a little too much to handle. Dolphins almost did the thing. They were up by a lot early. They just couldn't cap they couldn't hang on though they just they couldn't um get it together they were up 10 nothing and after that it all fell apart yeah it did and the one thing listen to it Tua really played well 28 of 48 316 two touchdowns and a pick uh the rushing attack for the dolphins non-existent deandre washington the former chief 13 for 35 uh 24 rushing yards for Tua. Um, but the receiving game, Mike Gesicki has really caught my eye. Five for 65, two scores. Matt Collins, five for 66. Lim Bowden, seven for 82. Jakeem Grant got injured, three for 32. Uh, there was no Devontae. Well, Devontae Parker played, but he was targeted twice and didn't catch any passes. So what? It, that, I'll tell you this. They really did a good job taking away their best target uh, in terms of the Chiefs. Patty Mahomes threw three interceptions. This defense is scrappy. It's the Patriots' defense of 2018. That's what it is. Remember, Jules? That's where Patty Mahomes struggled against those two defenses. So, um, you know, he almost threw for 400 yards, three interceptions. Yeah, all of his interceptions basically have come through this game. Uh, Tyree Kill, uh, I can tell you this. Everyone's wondering. Tyree Kill was lingering like he hurt his hamstring. It was just a cramp. He's going to be okay. He, uh, the rushing attack, 16 for 32 for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Two for twenty-one from Bell, Tyreek Hill one for thirty-two in the score. Travis Kelsey eight for a buck thirty-six. This guy just does it every week. He's the best tight end in football. I'm not afraid to say it anymore. He really is. But I'll tell you this: they spread the ball around effectively. Um, the Chiefs had a um, kick return touchdown from uh, Hardman. It was just all being put together. But I'm very impressed with the Chiefs' defense limiting Devontae Parker. I'm very impressed. But the Dolphins were in it. They've proven they're a tough out. Chiefs are 12-1. and one. They're going to get that top seed first-round bye. It's going to go through Kansas City to get to the Super Bowl. And the Dolphins, you know what? They got a bright future. Tua really showed me something today that he could pass the ball, even though he was struggling a few weeks back. Yeah, man, I agree. I mean, the Dolphins are right in the race for that playoff spot. It's going to be close to see if they get it. So, big gut question for you. Chiefs first seed, absolutely. The Steelers had a shot, but they blew it. That was the one thing. The Steelers could have tried to press the 16 0 because the Chiefs only had one loss. Course, but now yeah. it's not going to matter. The Chiefs are probably not going to lose the rest of the year. And the Chiefs will be that first seed. Dolphins, they're right in that mix. This is a big game for them next week. But this week, I mean, they really battled. They, they gave everything they had. It just wasn't enough, unfortunately, for them. 
but they still have a good chance to make the playoffs. Obviously, they play you guys next week, so they still have a lot to look forward to. So we'll see if they miss or they make it. It's gut check time in Miami. Yes, it is. It's gut check time for right, brother. Very well said. But uh, what do you say we uh, we go to the last game? It's the Buccaneers and the Minnesota Vikings. And listen, they came. The Buccaneers came off a bye. Tom Brady coming off his first uh, three game losing streak of his career. And what did he do? Fifteen to twenty three, one hundred ninety six yards and two touchdowns. Ronald Jones eighteen. Rushes 80 yards and a score. LaShawn McCoy, four for 32. Leonard Fournette was a healthy scratch. Everyone who's wondering, Ronald Jones is the number one back, and that's the way it should be. Uh, Mike Evans, Evans, three for 56. Him and Tom Brady just still don't have that connection. Mike Evans should be putting up what what, uh, Travis Kelsey was putting up every game, in my opinion. Antonio Brown, five for 49. Scotty Miller, one for 48 in that touchdown. Chris Godwin, two for 25 on three targets. Gronk had one catch for two yards and a score. Um, the thing is, the defense of the Buccaneers came to life, even though in the beginning that was a weakness of the game, but they really clamped down, played well. Kirk Cousins, 24-37, 225 in the touchdown. Dalvin Cook doing Dalvin Cook things, 22, 102 yards and a score. Did really well. Irv Smith, four for 63 in a score. Uh, Adam Thielen was limited, three for 39. Justin Jefferson, who's been lighting it up this year in his rookie campaign, four for 39 and eight targets. Just wasn't there. The The Vikings are a hot and cold team, but the Buccaneers, you know what, Tom Brady, you're getting him pissed off. You're giving him a week rest, showing him that he's still the best to ever do it. It's eight and five. The Buccaneers look good in the uh, NFC in the playoffs. They're eight and five, like I said. And going forward, I'm going to tell you this. It's going to be very easy for the Buccaneers now. And Tom Brady, uh, Jules, when he's pissed off, you know he's unstoppable. Yeah, they have they have a little battle ahead of them, and they showed up this time. The Vikings take a step back. You know, this was a good game by the Bucs. They really rebounded strong here. They did what they had to do, and they took care of it. They won by 12 points. It was pretty convincing. Never in doubt, really. You know, Kirk Cousins, not great. Tom Brady, a little under 200 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah. Ron Jones, the story, like you said, happy to hear it. And this is a good sign for him and that team moving forward, but for Burnett, it's a tough blow, but it's the Rojo show, as we've been saying all along. Just to flex on him, Rojo, that's it. It's all they have to do, man. Run the ball with them. Garrett Blunt 2.0, and he'll do things. Just trucking people over, you know, uh, hurdling people, doing great things. But, yeah, looking at the Buccaneers, they looked really good. Tom Brady really didn't have to do much, and the, the rushing attack did it. He made plays when he needed to, and that's all that matters is the, the – Staten to win column eight and five. So, Jules, what a week, man! What a crazy uh, week. We're finally through Tides Tuesday. I haven't done this in a while. I know it's been a little bit because of the meetings and everything, but uh, I'm excited to see what's to come. I know Thursday we have our picks and everything, and then we'll see what else comes our way. You know, crazy show. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great to get back to football. A crazy week of baseball. We'll have ba- with baseball, Jules. And so let's tell everyone with baseball, what's what's in store for us? Well, we'll see what comes around next week. You know, maybe we'll have a little talk show or something if nothing happens. Yeah, we'll see guests right now. We're, you know, we're trying to reach out to more people, taking a little easy transition here. But, you know, the holidays and stuff are coming up. So we're going to see what we can make happen in these next few days. But as of now, it's pretty quiet, but you guys will know, and girls that are listening, that um, it'll change. You'll know. Absolutely. So, Jules, why don't you uh, 
Let's end it the right way, brother. All right. So our website, Grunt Talks MLB. YouTube, you want to subscribe. Also, Grunt Talks MLB. Apple Podcasts and Spotify is GNT Sports Talk presented by Grunt Talk until you get the audio of our podcast like this one. Then you have Grunt Talk's team, Twitter and Instagram. My personal Twitter, Julian Gallardi one My personal Instagram, Julian Gallardi 11 Very well said, brother. My personal Twitter, BTompson81. My personal Instagram, BobbyThompson81. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back in two days with our football picks, week 15. And we can't wait to get back. Julian, always a pleasure, brother. Absolutely, brother. Great show as always, and I can't wait to keep it rolling. Absolutely.